0: Hello everyone, I hope you are doing well and a very happy new year. In this episode of The Lazy Woman Speaks, I have Nelson Deep from Assam. Nelson is a social entrepreneur and the founder of the Eco Hub. He's also the founder president of Bodhana, an NGO. But more than that, he has been a close collaborator for my campaign Dignity in Floods, and it is always a pleasure working with him. I had a conversation with him a few days back, and I'm just so excited to share that with you. Tune in and keep on listening to The Lazy Woman Speaks. All right. Thank you so much, Nelson, for joining in uh, from uh, Boca Uh, Gat. And I would like to know what's the temperature now there? i know it's winter I actually have, i'm missing home so i just want to know how
1: you're feeling right now i'm feeling really nice and cozy and I'm, I'm just waiting uh you know for the days to not really pass so fast because i'm like you know just after the winter you're going to have the monsoons and you know the summers and that's very terrifying state uh, but i would like this to stay for much longer actually. Yeah, So temperature is really low. I really can't tell you the exact temperature, but mm-hmm. it's cold. You can like, I'm wearing a jacket inside the yeah. house and it's warm and yeah.
0: Yeah, I do miss some uh, Sam winters definitely being in Kolkata right now. So uh, Nelson, I uh, your profile is really interesting. I definitely know a lot about your work. So a lot of things um, I can, I think I can introduce you myself maybe, but I would not do that because I would like um, our listeners to listen from you that how, um, I know this is a cliche question, but I still ask, like, uh, menstruation has been seen as a woman's issue. I know it's a human rights issue, etc. But of course, it's an issue which had a lot of which has a lot of taboos even now. And um, I know you've been working for quite a long uh, time on this in in the sector of, um, and in a state like Assam, where we do have taboos, it's just that uh, and we don't talk so much about it, but we do have. So could you tell me uh, your journey in a nutshell? That how did you chance to come into this sector? What uh, motivated you to join it?
1: Yeah, uh, first of all, thank you so much uh, Mayuri for having me and speak about my work. Um, this was really long ago. Uh, I think in 2009 and 10 when I was in Bangalore, I was working there pretty much settled Uh, I was almost finishing a decade being in Bangalore and uh, that was kind of taking a toll over my life because, you know, the city was developing and, uh, you know, it was becoming, uh, the infrastructure was changing, the traffic was becoming more, there were buildings coming up. And Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're from SM and, uh, you know, SM is much more scenic and we have more of nature and I was missing all of that. Uh, But I was enjoying my work, but I wanted something more meaningful that I wanted to do and that is when you know I was just trying to see what was happening around and I found out that the whole social entrepreneurship was actually uh, booming in the country and uh, there were a lot of people who were having talks on social entrepreneurship and that's when Mm -hmm. I just you know randomly attended a couple of seminars and I happened to meet Mr. Arunachalam Muruganathan in one of the seminars and that's when He actually also received the president's award for his innovation of, you know, designing the low-cost sanitary pad machine. Mm -hmm. Um, His story was very inspiring at that time. And, uh, you know, uh, and then after that, I met a couple of other sessions and I heard a couple of other projects and people Mm -hmm. who were doing some amazing stuff. And that's when I thought like, you know, maybe that's my true calling, you know, to do something which has more meaning and uh, which can actually have a larger impact to the society. Mm -hmm. But I was pretty much sure that I didn't want to do it in Bangalore and Mm -hmm. maybe I could do it in Assam. And uh, yeah, I mean, at that time, I I really never thought about the cliche or about the stereotype of a man getting into a, you know, a, a... a zone where it is more mm-hmm. woman-oriented or anything. I mean, the story was inspiring and I thought, you know, this could meet a lot of needs for the people here. I could serve the community. So when I was back for my holidays, that's when I met a lot of women in the communities. found out if, you know, there was an intervention mm-hmm. like this, would it really help them? You know, uh, because as social entrepreneurs sometimes what we do is we lose our track and we try to come up with something which the community really does not need. You know, and we That's try true. to then push it into them. But thankfully, I mean, I didn't do that. I kind of did a lot of survey, I spoke, because I'm surrounded with a lot of tea gardens around. Yeah. So I visited these gardens and I found out there was a need. And uh, so I just thought that, yeah, I mean, why not try this out and I was sure there wasn't anybody doing anything of that sort in the northeast of india mm-hmm. so there were a couple of ngos who were doing some work but there wasn't anyone who were uh, actually into the production of pets or mm-hmm. doing hardcore work on menstrual hygiene management so i thought why not you know mm-hmm. and yeah that was that was it i mean really never kind of thought much about it i thought i mean it's okay i mean we should give ourselves one try and i just give yeah. myself that
0: and definitely you're doing it uh, pretty well. You have seen a uh, success. Uh, I can, I do uh, I do follow your social media handles. So I think people who are listening can follow us on Nelson's um, organization. Oh, sorry. Uh, I think we need to ask you, uh, how do people follow you on social media and your work? And uh, your organization's name will be, so that uh, they go to your pages because you're always updating on your work.
1: <laughs> so yeah, we are called the Eco Hub. So you can find us on Facebook with uh, slash uh, the eco hub BKT on mm-hmm. Instagram as the underscore eco underscore hub. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we call the eco hub. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you so much. So I think it's from your Facebook post last year that I got to know so much also about the work that you're doing um, on the sand floods. Uh, and also I saw a couple of other um, uh, posts on uh, your relief work during the bagjaan oil well uh, blowout and you were, I think there are also some relief work that you're doing for covid after covid people the kind of um, uh, problems that women were facing when it came to access to pads so Ke- could you give us a brief about the relief work that you have been doing uh, last year and was it the first time you were doing this kind of relief work or do you have hub and uh, Nelson and your team if I tell that as like one unit, do you also have experience in doing and in, in responding to other kinds of disasters?
1: So uh, you know what I mean. Um, as a unit, we produce pads, we, we we make pads, but it's not that we only supply these pads to like uh, you know shops and grocery shops and pharmacies. Mm-hmm. A lot of our pads go out to the tea gardens. A lot of our pads are bought by the NGOs, and you know they actually. Uh, supplied free or they do some donation mm-hmm. work or whatever mm-hmm. so a lot of our sales actually happen through that mm-hmm. uh, and disasters isn't the first uh, like last year wasn't the first time we worked for disasters I mean we've worked since I think 2013-14 you That's know, great. we've been working with the disaster management for a very long time. Uh, we know that a lot of reaction, food, clothes, mm. these are the mm-hmm. things that are usually provided. Shelter. Yeah. But then what about the sanitation? What about menstrual hygiene? What about menstrual yeah. products? Uh, yeah. You know, we have been doing a lot of surveys and studies to see that, you know, women mm. do not have these safe spaces to That's change. True. They do not have a supply of sanitary beds. And we thought there definitely needs to be some intervention. There definitely needs to be some work. Mm-hmm. And uh, very, uh, you know, luckily, I think, uh, you know, we have a very good uh, lineup of, you know, well-wishers from across uh, the world, I would say. Because, you know, in S M is an annual event. And during the monsoon from the last couple of years, you know, our donors and funders actually approach us before time just to check you know what's the condition, is there a need, do, do we need any help and how can they help us mm-hmm. so we have been working not just in India for disasters we've also sent uh, our menstrual hygiene kids to Nepal earthquake mm-hmm. we've also sent to other uh, states like Kerala uh, floods uh, so this isn't a new thing uh, mm-hmm. but it's just that last year it was a lot that was happening. There was floods, there was Pakistan oil well blast, and then there was COVID. So during COVID what we did was uh, you know we sent out our numbers and we said that okay if there is a need for menstrual products you can give us a call and we could deliver the pads to your home. Mm -hmm. So this was one of the services that we provided because what really happened was a lot of us were at a fear to go out of our houses. Mm-hmm. So even if a woman or a girl was using a menstrual product, she would think twice, like, should she even go out? Because nobody was actually keeping a lot of stock, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, when that's they have true. the period, that's when they walk out. But because the times were so uncertain, they were, I mean, there was a panic. They were not sure if she, if they should go out. So they, they were coming back to using cloth, mm-hmm. but using cloth is not a problem. But, you know, we were not sure if they were hygienically using yeah. the cloth, you yeah. know. Yeah, so, exactly. that's when we kind of, uh, we had also a number where they could actually just call and speak to us about mm-hmm. mental hygiene issues, problems, yeah. and we, we had someone on the call to help them, assist them. So, mm-hmm. that was uh, for COVID that we did, uh, mm-hmm. not just in SM, but in Nagaland as well, where we have a fat production unit there. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then of course the floods happened and uh, you know, because, but this time we were very much restricted to the only Golaghad district because mm-hmm. of you know the travel and all of that, there had to be a lot of paperwork done from the administration, a lot of mm-hmm. restrictions. But nevertheless, we had a lot of supporters, we had a lot of volunteers, we had a lot of organizations, people mm-hmm. supporting, funding, you know, trying to collaborate with us, so that was good. Uh, and then, of course, the oh, uh, Oil Well Blast. Again, mm-hmm. nobody actually spoke about the sanitation, the hygiene related issues there. Mm-hmm. But there was one uh, lady, you know, who had gone there to visit. And she found out, because I think she was a lady, she found out that, mm-hmm. you know, the sanitation needs were not taken care of. And she wrote mm-hmm. to us because she knew that, you know, we do these kind of relief work. Yeah. And that's when she said, you know, if we could provide some mental hygiene kit. Mm -hmm. So it's not always that you know we upfront go and check if there is a need. A lot of people reach out to us Mm -hmm. uh, convey the message and ask us to kind of intervene Mm -hmm. and provide some help through our kits and stuff Mm -hmm. like that.
0: So just because menstrual hygiene during emergencies now it's a very new topic I mean uh, Though it has been there, people, women have always menstruated during floods or whenever a disaster struck. It's just that in this, we have been discussing about it maybe in the past five years, some amount of discussion has been done more and more. So what do you think, uh, uh, I mean, what prevents organizations? I mean, why do you think this has been a topic uh, for years? It has not come up, though in Assam, we have been having floods. Is it because of the taboos? Of course, we know there is a taboo, but also from NGOs or government perspective, why do you think this is not so much of an important issue? Uh, it seems to like it doesn't seem like it's on the top of the list, but, but it is an important one. Why do you think it has been on the back end for so many years?
1: Yeah, so somehow I just feel that, you know, uh, in, in the NGOs or in the governing bodies, you know, the topmost people who are actually managing this whole thing are all men and somehow there is of course the whole taboo and then uh the second thing would be that usually they don't feel that women rights are human rights you know so somehow that bridge is not actually being uh covered Mm -hmm. so they just don't feel the importance of uh this need Mm -hmm. Uh, although i mean they just feel that primarily okay when there is a disaster they need to be relocated to a different place, provide a shelter and food, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the thing. That's true. Uh, We've seen in, in, even in the recent times in floods, I mean, there are a lot of NGOs, they provide sanitary pads, but then it's, it's just not about providing the sanitary pads. You know, maybe over there, the ladies don't even use sanitary pads, they're very much Mm -hmm. used to using cloth, Mm -hmm. you know, and then Mm -hmm. what about the disposal, there's water everywhere. You know, there's no proper disposal mechanism. So all Mm -hmm. these things need to be looked after. It's not really about just dumping the product Mm -hmm. over over somebody. It's it's the whole procedure of, you know, talking to them, finding out what they need, what do they prefer, Mm -hmm. giving them proper information, making sure that the whole cycle is met, that proper Mm -hmm. disposal mechanism is given. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, if they don't have a proper disposal mechanism, they're just littering the water. They're throwing it in the water because they have no other option. Yeah. You know, you, you if you don't provide an incinerator, they just mm-hmm. dump it in the water and then mm-hmm. that's actually getting clogged somewhere or it's getting, you know, because most of mm-hmm. the Tennessee pads that you find in the mm-hmm. market have a lot of plastic content.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know,
1: it's a huge, it's, it's, and then exactly. again, I mean, uh, it's just not given much of an importance. It's just mm-hmm. like, how ha, woman has to wo manage kar lenge, because mm-hmm. a lot of people in the management or uh, in these positions think that, I mean, nobody, I mean, women have never come up to us and told their problems that they need, you know, work done in this space.
0: Mm-hmm. So why
1: are you like coming in and saying their problems when they don't come up?
0: Yeah, that is, that is a very tricky situation because sometimes women don't come up because there is a taboo, of course, and most of the humanitarian relief work is also done by men, as you also said. and. Uh, mm. And so that is why sometimes they feel uncomfortable. So Nelson, I did see that when you were doing the flood relief work in the villages, you had females who were giving instructions uh, to the, uh, or demonstrating. So could you just tell me a bit like what you did differently um, this time?
1: So, um, nothing much really, you know, it's it's been like our thing, just because we produce, uh, you know, biodegradable sanitary pads, we just don't go with biodegradable sanitary pads. Our kit, as you might know, the menstrual kit, mm-hmm. contains, yeah. you know, uh, cloth pads, reusable cloth pads, biodegradable mm-hmm. disposable pads, uh, yeah. menstrual cups, uh, so we're trying to provide them. As you have seen that, you know, our volunteers are talking to them, so they are actually explaining them how these need to be used Mm -hmm. why these are good for the body why is it good for the environment you know how much how much are they doing good to the environment by using these Mm -hmm. products Mm -hmm. you know where is it available you know and how can that really help their bodies Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah all that i mean also a lot of counseling happens during that procedure i feel exactly because Nobody during that time actually goes and speaks to them to find out about their sanitation, menstrual hygiene related, you know, reproductive health or any other Mm -hmm. such. But when they find someone who is there to listen to Mm -hmm. them, they Mm -hmm. just are happy to just, you know, talk Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and say a lot of things. And we just are there to Mm listen.
0: Exactly. So, uh, because even I've got this experience and when I've spoken to women because I'm also running this campaign. Of course, you know very well about it, the Dignity in plus campaign and you've also been a part of it and you've also been a great collaborator on this. So this has been also from, uh, I've also seen that and I feel that sometimes there, um, a lot of solutions come up. I've also uh, seen or heard uh, experts in the domain say that, why are you giving pads? Why not a menstrual cup? But Come on, in a in a menstrual cup, in a, let's say in a relief camp, uh, do you think like a woman can switch in just one day to a menstrual cup? So I, I really feel that the uh, conversation around this issue should not only uh, be, you know, just be limited during the floods, but also a year round process, especially in Assam. So uh, that is why I I, I, I am because we have also spoken about it a lot. So we do have context about it, that. what uh, kind of things can be done. But uh, I would really like to know from you, uh, uh, Nelson, that uh, what what kind of recommendations would you give? Because now as we as governments are now talking about slowly about menstrual hygiene management during floods or any kind of disasters, what are? A few things that they can do let's say in the context of assam we have got floods every year uh, let's not talk about maybe um all of a sudden disasters like a blowout or a COVID. let's talk in the context of assam floods this happens every year so what do you think could be a few starting points that the government or the organizations to, should you know take up some steps they can take up to address um, the larger issue of menstrual hygiene management during disasters and also The larger issue of uh, gender sensitive disaster management i think if they address this one i think they address gender sensitive disaster management to a great extent so what would you say would are your top recommendations
1: yeah so just to you know get back a little when you explained about you know a menstrual cup and you know when you go with a cup during a disaster to, to these villages or to these you know villages uh Of course, you know, there are a lot of organizations working and they work on green products and, you know, eco-friendly products and all of that. And they are not into disposables and Mm -hmm. they support or they are more into, you know, cups and they advocate for cups. We understand. And during our sessions, uh, you know it very well, Mayuri, even in our kits we have, we want to give the choice to the woman to decide what they want to use. Mm -hmm. But we need to understand. That, you know during these situations we cannot go with the cup to them because they've never seen or heard about the cup before and we yeah. cannot expect and it's an internal product you know they are very fearful even mm-hmm. during our uh, sessions we see that you know anything that is internal they're extremely fearful unless you know There is a woman from our team who who actually uses menstrual comfort. And then she says, I use. And she shows the techniques. And you've seen pictures of demonstration of, you know, how it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And all of that. So that is one thing, you know, that people should stop saying that, you know, this is not, you know, you should not be giving. We understand. But we still need to do something about it. And Mm -hmm. that is when uh, maybe NGOs, organizing government organizations can actually come in. And mm-hmm. we need to start working prior to the flood. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. This,
1: I would mm-hmm. say, is the right time mm-hmm. where, you know, uh, we can actually go do a lot of mass awareness on different mm-hmm. kinds of products. Let's say on menstrual cups, we give them enough time. We give yeah. them enough space to open up, to discuss, to show, introduce, try out mm-hmm. if somebody's willing to fund. You know, like, you know, we can take one village. We can mm-hmm. take fifteen ladies. If somebody is willing to fund menstrual cups, we can introduce for free, let yeah. them try. Let yeah. they be the ones who can, you know, spread about the use of cups to the other ladies. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. uh, let the shelter homes now be created uh, where there are woman-friendly toilets. So when mm-hmm. I say woman-friendly toilets, I mean at least there is a mechanism where they can find a uh, disposable pad where there is an incinerator, where uh, the, the toilets are separate. Mm-hmm. So it's not during flood that you construct, because yeah. that's too late a time. You know, yeah. I have, I was in uh, Majunli uh, a couple of months, I mean, last month maybe. Mm-hmm. And I have seen toilets which are broken. They are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like constructed with such bad quality uh, raw materials that, you know, during floods, they just break. So what's the use then? Of course yeah, so let's just make sure that you know we use good quality, we give good importance to
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know creating a system which is sustainable yeah. uh, for many floods to come, not just mm-hmm. you know focusing on one year.
0: That was Nelson joining in from Bokaghat, in Assam. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Lazy Woman Speaks. In this segment of Dignity in Disasters, we speak to humanitarian workers or people who have worked on disaster relief response. Nelson was one of them. And if you know more such people or if you are one of them who has worked on disaster relief response, do get in touch. Till then, bye.